to Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Casey. Hey. So, um, you are a new person on here. So, uh, what is your experience with like Marvel stuff? <clears throat> um, I mean, uh, probably first real Marvel interactions I can remember were probably watching that '90s Fox cartoon with the with the with the rockin' theme song. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, radioactive Spider-Man. Yeah, Sp- the Spider-Man, the animated, the well, the '90s one was pretty good. The '60s, yeah. the '60s one was literally just a reskin of another c- cartoon. It was. Yeah, that's why it made no sense. Wait, what was it a reskin of? Oh, I'd have to look that up, but I'll come up with more stuff on that a little bit later. How does that even work? But J. Jonah Jameson's in there. They, you know, they drew some of the stuff, but a lot of the adventures and stuff. That no, was, so they was like had re- some original footage, but also reused a lot of footage. Yeah, they so it was like the Power Rangers of its day. Yeah, so that was my first exposure. I mean. I gotta love that cartoon. It's it's pretty good for what it was at its at the time. Couldn't use Sandman though. I had to use Hydro Man because movie something something. It, I think I think Hydro Man is like under underused even in the comics. Well, hey, he was pretty prominent in that one because he was also part of their clone. I will say that their clone, the clone saga in the 90s cartoon was better than the one of the comics. Oh, so. well, by a country mile, yes. But, I mean, that's also because it was it was very condensed and did not feature most of the actual stuff from that. We're going to be talking about Mockingbird. Oh, hey, I know Mockingbird. Yeah, what, what's Mockingbird? She's a blonde lady who's like... Sometimes she's with S.H.I.E.L.D. and she, like, does stuff. And, like, does she have a voice power? I always forget if she actually has one or if I'm getting her mixed up with one of the myriad of other people who are bird-named and have voice powers. You're probably thinking of Songbird. I'm thinking of Songbird. Oh, yeah, she's just like a... She's just like a normie, I think. Who Who just uses a gun, you know. Well, she also has other things. Well, so, I mean, she married Hawkeye, right? Yeah, she has bad taste in men. So, I mean, that's also yeah. a thing. Married the married the inferior ho- version of Hawkeye. Hawkeye for a long time was not great until Mac Fraction decided to make him a great person. But yeah, this is a mockingbird we're talking about with a horrendous oh. costume. Yeah, no, I'm I'm more used to seeing her with pants. Y- well, the thing is. They have There's her, her pants, pants right there. See, that's the costume I was costume. thinking of. In a better costume, but no. Describe the costume. Uh, it is a. It is what happens if you take a like one piece swimming suit, but give it the arms of a snuggie. And pirate boots. Arr. Also, she's wearing like a little mask thing, you know. Yeah, it it's not a very practical thing because like she's wearing a more practical costume literally in the panel underneath. I know that's her. That's like, like the costume I was thinking of. That's the good costume. It like there is a version of the costume that she's wearing with the, like the same thing, 
with pants. And, the, and you know what? Again, I'm not I'm not one to say like you know women should be covered up or whatever. But if you're you a spy, sh- maybe wear some pants. So you are a pro at covering your butt every time you say that. But like, like it's just it makes no sense. Like, no, it makes- I mean she's basically she's basically kind of. Uh, what's the word? She's kind of... Peacocking? I want to say she's kind of Black Widow-esque. But, uh, so, her real name is Barbara... Mock and Bird. Yeah, that's exactly... No. It's, uh, Barbara, uh, Bobby, Morris Barton. So this is when she was married to Hawkeye. Then she came to her senses. She is a former... Former physicist. Former... Shield agent, and now professional adventurer. Um, she used to go by Roberta Morris, Agent Nineteen, and the Huntress. And then DC came a calling. Mm. Uh, she was born in San Diego, California. She was in the West Coast Avengers mostly uh, during this time, mm-hmm. uh, when the West Coast Avengers was a thing that people cared about. Oh, does that mean she fought uh, Master Pandemonium? I don't know, because the West Coast Avengers kind of had a revolving door. Oh, so they were like defenders, but not. Well, I mean, no, it was kind of like the Avengers, but like... No, I meant in the revolving door sense, not in the... (sighs) Well, I think Defenders is like a separate thing, because Defenders is the team that's not a team. True. No, I I admit, there is a huge difference. It just, that's when you say, when you say revolving door team, that's just the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, like, it's, so, I it's less defenders and more, like... Here's all the B-listers we don't know what to do with. The B-listers, yes. But, uh, but that was, like, West Coast Avengers, kind also, of. Also, not to go backtrack, but her mask, at least in that costume, does look just, it's it's kind of, it's all very evocative of the Huntress helm that Huntress wears in DC. Yeah, I don't really know what they're doing with this costume, because she had clearly had better ones. Yeah. Well, at least her current costumes are looking pretty good. She's got, like, cool goggles. Yeah, well, for the most part, like, she's kind of just wearing kind of shield-like attire. With a little yeah. extra stuff, which is which is fine, which is fine as a costume because Shield has a great sense of like style. Apparently, I'm say I actually have her current costume as that Marvel Legends toy that came out because I got it on clearance. Yeah. No, yeah, she's got like cool goggles now and like boots and stuff, and you know, basic Shield attire. You're right. Yeah, so you know, like I just feel like the costume's more impractical because, like, I, like most of the time, like the more like showy like more the the more like showy female attire at least it's kind of tight and like a th- you can at least like run in it without getting she's caught she's going to trip on those sleeves yeah that's what i'm but whatever i'm i'm done done, done she's going to be like it. running away from red skull or something and she's going to get caught on the door and she's going to be like oh no ah. i get caught i get caught on doorknobs with my belt loop and that's barely an opening if she was, like, more to her namesake and she had, like, flying powers and it was, like, some gliding BS, I could buy into that, at least. Oh, I used the sleeves to fly, which would still be very silly, but at least it would be functional? I don't know. Why does she have sleeves? Why are you wearing a bathrobe, but also underwear? 
Eventually, I'm just going to talk about certain fas- fashion trends in the 80s. On Marvel Besides Com- pirate boots? Besides pirate boots. But, like, there's certain fashion trends that I don't need to get into right now. But, um, so, she first showed up in uh, Astonishing Tales, issues number six, in uh, Where the Wind of Death and the Tentacles of the Tyrant. Uh-oh. In uh, June 1971. This was an interesting run of Astonishing Tales. Because for the first... How many issues? For the first eight issues, it was a Kazar and Doctor Doom Wait, comic. what? Yes. So it was Kazar. Is that Tarzan and the best dictator in Marvel? Together at last. And then it turned into a Kazara Kazar comic. For a while. A what comic? Kazar. Oh, I thought you said Kazara, and I'm like, wait, I thought they just had Shannon the oh. She-Devil. Oh, and then, and then, in issue uh, number 21, it becomes It comic for four issues. It? It. Is this a tie-in with the movie? No, it's just a big dude named they were It. like... Well, we could do Thing, but I think we'd go with It. Well, I think at the time they were probably doing Marvel 2-in-1, which was the Thing plus something else. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like I said, I'm not saying... I'm just saying the name-wise, that is... That is... It? Oh, and then they did uh, Deathlock. Oh, Deathlock the Demolisher at this point. Ooh. For about four issues. And then they took a break. It's like they pulled him from the 90s into the 70s. But he also, um, but there was a break for one issue, and then it went to Deathlock mm-hmm. for a while, and then then it went back to It. What is going on? Who I just looked up an image of, and I won't spoil it for when you eventually have to do an entry on It, but good lord. I, I already passed it up. Oh, you're right. I My brain got, yeah, he's just a... He's just a big statue. Oh, well, he might be dead, though. And he might big, be in the Book of the he's, Dead. Because he's stuff. a big statue wearing statue underwear. So, like, this entire run of Astonishing Tales is, like, a really weird mix of people we never really get comics, solo comics of. Kazar and Doctor Doom, what a starting point. <laughs> and, uh, speaking of, I just want to talk about the... Just a, a brief um, overview of the story she came into at mm-hmm. first. A story featuring Kazar as he, Tonga, and Zabu face off against the wind god, wind god uh, Damon, mm-hmm. who showed up in two issues. And say, has, is everybody's favorite Marvel character, Damon the wind god. Yeah, and then Victor Von Doom story. It's he tries to invade Wakanda for their uh, vibranium, and then that sounds like something he'd do. Yeah, so yeah, so uh, that's where she shows up at first. Wait, uh, which one was she in? She was in the Kazar one. We'll we'll find out. We'll find okay. out exactly. I'll be honest. What's I thought it was going to be the Doctor Doom one. <laughs> so uh, she graduated from the Georgia Institute of Technology with a PhD in biology and passed all her services exams so she can work uh, 
as a bi- biology professor. Wait, she can work with her biology professor, doc- Dr. Wilma Calvin, on the government-sponsored project to rediscover the super soldier serum that created Captain America. That's a lot more prevalent in these stories than I thought it would be, the let's rediscover the super soldier serum plot. Yeah. For some reason, my brain thought that was like a more recent trend of story, but no, that's just been around. No, that's been around since pretty much Captain America yeah. <laughs> was existed. Well, I mean, I figure obviously during actual Captain America plots, there was plenty of people trying to, you know, get their hands on that. Because, I mean, of course, Red Skull's going to be like, yo, I want to create my own Uberman. Shuck, yuck, yuck. Well, and technically the Red Skull does have the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. As well, but I mean, you know, we gotta create more for for the cause of Hydra, who's definitely not Nazis. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And there is a currently a uh, comic called Weapon H, which was a another thing that was trying to recreate the Super Soldier Serum. I know it turns out. Weapon 1 was the Super Soldier Serum, because they had the whole, oh, the X is actually a 10 thing. I don't I don't want to talk about that, because that's so dumb. <laughs> but, so while the government, while in the government employ, she was uh, ex, uh, she was like, real great, and came to the attention of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then she undertook training on her spare time, to, for S.H.I.E.L.D. basically, a champion gymnast at in high school, she excelled at both the physical regimen and the art of espionage taught to all field agents. Um, when Dr. Theodore Salis, a maverick scientist who was also working on the super soldier project, disappeared, uh, Morris was given her first field assignment to a company shield agent, Paul uh, Allen. To the Savage Land to enlist the services of Kazar. <laughs> so th- he was trying to find Kazar. Uh, and Alan and uh, Morris succeeded in contacting Kazar and brought him to the Florida Everglades. Although uh, Salus never was never found. Oh, unknown to them, I forgot the name of the man thing before he became the man thing. I was just I was literally just about to ask, oh, did they meet the man thing there because I also forgot no. his name. Well, well the man thing a formula was also an attempt to create the super soldier serum. I know, yeah, that's that's part of why I suddenly was realizing that it's actually more common than I thought it was because I heard that episode I'm like, wait, that was super soldier? What? And he drank it, he drank the formula to, you know, make sure that aim uh soldiers, I mean aim uh just gonna put this out there, uh, Doc. You could have just poured it into the swamp. Well, we wouldn't have the protector of uh, all realities. Yes, yes, that's fair, I suppose. Yeah. Then Nick Fury was just like, "Yo, help Kazar, like, be civilized," and they managed to thwart another attempt by AIM to seize the Super Soldier Serum created by Doctor Calvin. And then, Barbara, being a uh, red-blooded woman next to a red-blooded man, became a little more romantically inclined towards Kazar. They were love interests? Yeah. I didn't even know know until literally today that Mockingbird and Kazar had anything to do with each other. 
I'm going to admit, me neither. But that's why I said wow <laughs> earlier. That is very wow. Because I don't really read these entries beforehand, because like, I just kind of go off my current knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then kind of go in blind. So That's entirely fair. Oh, also, not to backtrack to Man-Thing, but one thing I just wanted to quickly bring up that I actually learned recently is that while Man-Thing predates Swamp-Thing, both the of them are pre- yeah, both yeah, of them are predated the by a character named The Heap. Yeah, I forgot about The Heap there for a moment. <laughs> but I like how it's there's a lot of like, oh, Man-Thing, there's always like, Heap's just over in the corner. What about me, guys? I was like a thing before any of those things. They should have called him Heap Thing. Then he'd stand out. Gotta have Thing in the name, apparently, to be popular. Then he'd be getting comics written by R.L. Stein. She could not really convince Kazar to forsake the Savage Lane, because that's what you do when you know someone for less than a month. You say, hey, I'm starting to fall in love with you. Why don't you leave your land with all your friends? For me. Only Come on, Mr. Plunder. Make me Mrs. Plunder. So she kind of preferred doing field work over biology, and uh, then she was given another assignment to tra- to trail the subversive El Tigre in uh, South America. I assume this is not related to the Nickelodeon cartoon version of El Tigre. <laughs> no, it's that. It's yeah, they completely copied. Yeah, Vanny Rivera, little boy, also subversive. Uh, but this also happened to take her to the Savage Land on accident, where- You don't just uh, go there on accident, come on. Where she kind of, like, you know, had, like, a little bit of a booty call, like, hey, you up? <laughs> to Kazar. <laughs> I feel like they should have written accident in, like, multiple square quotes. We know what she was going for. Uh, and she completed the uh, assignment with the Lord of the Jungle. Mm. As aides, and then she returned to S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, her next assignment was guarding a S.H.I.E.L.D. lawyer who was testifying before a congressional committee, investigating some of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s overseas activities. Guess what? They did it, and they're wrong. You should probably jail most of them. There's a reason that it was actually really good that time S.H.I.E.L.D. got just completely destroyed in those movies. Yeah. And not just because of the Nazi stuff. S.H.I.E.L.D. was actually just bad. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but the lawyer was then killed in a suspicious explosion. Ooh, how suspicious. <laughs> but they believe that the assassination was an inside job. Much like uh, 9-11. Jet fuel can't melt congressional hearings. Then the, they asked uh, Morris to work directly for the U.S. government to root out the subversives within S.H.I.E.L.D., and then she, uh, then she was just like, hey, you know who's better than S.H.I.E.L.D.? The U.S. government. Always trustworthy. Especially in the 70s. Yeah, you know. Definitely not going to have any plots about the president being part of the secret empire and then killing himself. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then she, uh, that's when she was the Huntress. And then she... Uh, Traveled to Mexico Shields, Mexico City uh, headquarters, uh, to expose the corruption of the local division chief, uh, chief Rico Santana. No, his, his last name is Santana. What did you expect? 
Uh, from there, she began her own investigation to shield other divisional uh, operations, looting data banks and compiling evidence of corruption. And then she took on the codename Mockingbird. Uh, she planned to take the evidence to Nick Fury himself, and then some people in Manhattan Shields Division decided to try to take her out with the unwitting aid of um, Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man unwitting? Who would have thought? And Mockingbird was just like, hey, Nick Fury, here's all the stuff that you need to find out the corruption so you can clean everything out. But guess what? She got shot. She got oh, got. No. And then, uh, while she was recovering, Nick Fury did a vast housekeeping sweep through the many divisions, ex- uh, exposing dozens of uh, subversives in the rank. And then she was like, decorated for her service and resigned to become a free agent and adventurer. It's almost like it's almost like Shield is like a bad a bad organization full of corruption or something. Yeah, and uh, then she, like, then she kind of did some investigations of her own of uh, cross-technological enterprises for an unnamed client, client, and then she ran into Hawkeye, who was uh, who was the security director at the time, and then she realized, no, of cross-technological enterprises. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't she- think he was that big in S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. <laughs> No. Then she uh, learned that, you know, that they were manufacturing components for brainwashing superhuman uh, machines designed to brainwash superhumans with ultrasonics. And then the both, then the two of them and, uh, and classic faction, antagonistic, but reluctantly, you know, went on a mission together to stop it. And then they're just like, yo. You're, like, super hot, and I'm super hot. Let's get together and mash our super hot bits together. Okay, but only if you wear a loincloth. It's it's my thing. She married. Eloped, I should say. And then uh, they formed the team of West Coast Avengers with, like, the Vision, Scarlet Witch, and other people. Mm-hmm. So, that's her story. And she's sticking to it. Yep. So she is 5'9", weighs 135, has blue eyes, blonde hair. She engages in intense regular exercise and has no superhuman abilities. Uh, She does. uh, She is a superbly trained athlete and gymnast. Those various unarmed combat uh, styles, such as Kung Fu and Taekwondo. And she's also like super smart, and she only and she only has to do a, her thesis to get receive a doctorate, but she doesn't have the time. Well, that's fun. So her chief weapon is her battle staff. Um, it has two. There are two hollow steel alloy poles that she keeps poles that she keeps uh, attached to her forearms under loose fitting sleeves, and they can also like telescope. Twice the original size. Up yeah, to her toy feet. comes with those. They're pretty cool. Yeah. And her suit is uh, made of Kevlar and waven, uh, woven beta cloth to provide protection against uh, up to forty-five caliber bullets. And it's pretty good against fire. 
Nice, nice. She has the uh, magical telescoping pole that, like, almost every person who is has no power seems to say, have. Usually most famously associated with Robin of Batman fame. Yeah. Because, I, like, I okay, first I understand. You know, it's a stick. That's very useful. It's a growy stick. Yeah, like, you can hit people with it, you can pull vault with it, you can poke things with it. You can trip things with it. it. You can do a lot of things with a like a metal stick that telescopes. Yeah, it's pretty good. But like, wouldn't a, just a gun be really effective too? I think she has probably guns too. Well, I don't she know. has guns as well, but still. But her primary attack thing is that this pole. Well, I do have one quick question. I know she ends up dying and then like recently got bought back. But where in there does she divorce Clint? Uh, I think it happened sometimes in the 90s, I want to say. Either 80s or 90s. Um, I know it was after West Coast Avengers, though. I couldn't remember if she divorced him pre-death or pre- or after she got bought back, or who knows what. She was also uh, portrayed by a scroll for a long time. Yeah, that sounds about right. That was, like, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, we did a bad job writing Electra. How do we get out of that one? Oh, she's a scroll. That's how. Um, they were together for a very long time. Now he's a single hot mess. Yeah, so, uh, I think we're done talking about her. Yeah, she really should do more, like, imitations of people while fighting to keep her namesake accurate. She's also portrayed in, like, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we're done talking about Mockingbird. Bye, Mockingbird. She's a great spy lady. Yeah, she's perfectly fine. Like, like if you need a spy lady in your comic, Mockingbird, definitely there. Yeah, what do you have? What's your plugs? I can be found uh, on Tumblr at cutestprincess.tumblr.com. I can be found on uh, on Twitter at uh, at Lady K Hirsch. I'm also the host of a podcast called the Magical Spellcast, where me and uh, several other people of diverse background get together and watch magical girl shows and give our own unique commentary on it. Right now, we're watching Kira Kira Precure Ala Mode, which is a really cute baking themed. Magical Girl Show, and it's been told it has, like, actual true blue lesbians as team members, which is nice. We're gonna say, currently we don't have the episodes posted online yet, but they really, they should be probably by the time this comes out, in like, I don't know, a couple weeks, I'm guessing, yeah. Yeah, we should have the, we should have at least one episode up by then, so you can follow that at, uh, the Twitter is at Magic Spellcast because Twitter is silly and dumb and doesn't let you p- put usernames longer than that because so magical was too long. So go with Magic Spellcast or on Tumblr, uh, you know, magicalspellcast.tumblr.com. Okay, so my name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters where I talk about critter, uh, creepy critters, aka cryptids. Um. I think the last episode that came out when we talked about this, it's if I'm doing my job right, um, it should be 
a uh, Philippines cryptid, a duo Philippine uh, Filipino cryptids, um, where one is a uh, flying person who sucks the blood of fetuses, and the other is a uh, dog that is that walks backwards. Why are there so many dogs that walk backwards? Why not? I mean, not a complaint, mind you. They're very cute, but... I don't know. It's not the same if it doesn't make cute little teapot noises. Yeah. So you should listen to that if you like it. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of cute little things, my cat, you can look at pictures of him on my Instagram at Marvelous Mooch. By the time this comes out, maybe he'll have his uh, business tie collar. <gasps> maybe. I don't know. It depends on how quick China likes to send stuff out, because I bought it off a wish. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and besides that, uh, you can uh, contact me uh, and the person doing my social media stuff, which is Jordan, who's been on here before. On uh, God bless Jordan. On HodgePodcast. No, sorry, HodgePod Group on Facebook and at uh, Alphabet Flight on Twitter. So besides that, thank you so much for uh, listening. This has been Alphabet Flight, and uh, may Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Bye! Poor Conchu.